I'm Dave Champion. For months and months and months, I have been doing videos about SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19. Today, I want to switch up considerably, and I want to talk about something that's political in nature. I'm going to give you the theme, which is probably going to rub some people the wrong way, and then we'll talk about it from there. Uh, and the theme is, I want to talk about how to salvage the Republican Party. So let me be clear right off the bat, this has absolutely nothing to do with Donald Trump. Let me explain what I mean by that. We've had a two-party system in this country, um, concerning, especially concerning the federal government, since the Constitution was ratified in 1791, and presumably we're going to be continuing on with the federal government for some period of time under the current Constitution. So when we look at the totality of that time, the incident of Donald Trump being president is, is a moment in time. It's, it's irrelevant to what I'm talking about because I'm talking about what I perceive to be a structural defect that has been growing over the decades. And if not repaired, if that structural defect isn't adjusted, it is going to cause perhaps a complete demise of the Republican Party. Do I give a shit about the Republican Party? I don't. Do I give a shit about the Democrat Party? I don't. Um, actually, I find the two-party system here in the U.S. to be one of the most destructive elements of our political paradigm. That said, the only thing that I can imagine that is worse than the two-party system would be for it to devolve into a one-party system. So you can imagine if the Republican Party were to turn into a ghost of what it once was, which I think is happening right now, but if that were to accelerate, then the only party left is the Democrat Party. And I'm not elevating the Democrat Party or the Republican Party above one another. I'm just saying if the, there is a significant diminishment of the uh, involvement of people in the Republican Party, then the party that's going to become all controlling and all powerful in the United States is the Democrat Party. Here's my idea. If we're going to have a two-party system, and I wish we had 17 parties. That's, yeah, that's an arbitrary number. But if there is a benefit to the two-party system, since that's the system we've got, right, it is the pendulum effect. And we go this way for a little while, and then we go back this way for a little while. And then we go this way, and then we go this way. And of course, in my book, the smaller that works, the better, right? Uh, if I had my way, if I could be the, you know, I don't know, the small G god of America in the background when nobody knew, I would mandate that the White House and Congress had to be held by two separate parties every single election because that would, that would on the whole, provide a gridlock when it comes to creating more and more and more and more and more legislation and more and more and more and more spending. Yeah, I'm all about gridlock. All right, so why do I think that the Republican Party is in crisis? And again, nothing to do with Donald Trump. For a long time in the United States, there have been more registered Democrats than Republicans. It's not completely lopsided, but there, there's more. I think the last time I looked, it was 53% of registered voters had registered as Democrat. So we know that just numerically, there are more Democrats than Republicans. And I've always said, because that, that difference is not that great, that who's going to win what elections where, it's all about who can turn out the vote. So it does, if 100% if of the voters from both parties turned out, the Democrats would win because they, the last time I looked, 53%. Okay, 
But that doesn't happen, right? We don't get 100% of the registered voters to come out to vote. And in fact, we get a very, 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 very tiny percentage of registered voters who actually come out and vote. And that number has been falling for a long time. Let's use the figures that the last time I looked. Okay, so we've got 53% Dem. Why do I think that number is going to become more and more skewed and more and more power end up with the Democrat Party and the Republican Party being less and less significant politically in the U.S. Plus, somebody think I'm, I don't know, not, not just ambivalent about Republicans and Democrats, but I'm anti-Republican. And that's not true. I was raised in a very, very conservative Republican household. I, I was a member of the Young Republicans Club at 14. The very first time when I was 18 years old, I went to register. Obviously, I registered as a Republican. And I was super proud about that. And I remained a Republican most of my life. However, when I was a young man, the Republican Party had a platform which was essentially what today I would consider my libertarian-minded views. So if I go back to when I was 18, 19, 20, 25, the Republican Party was pretty much a reflection of what today we would call libertarian thought. Needless to say, that's not the Republican Party now. My point is, I'm not anti-Dem or anti-Republican. I think the whole thing is a farce. But I believe it is in the best interest of the U.S., if we're going to have a two-party system, to, re to retain some equanimity between the two parties. I think most people are aware that the people who are the most stalwart Republicans, generally speaking, yes, I know there's always exceptions. There's going to be an exception to everything I say here, by the way. And you may disagree with the entire construct I'm going to lay out, but I'm going to let you know my thoughts. I don't think there's much argument on the fact that the most stalwart Republicans are older Americans. And when I mean older, anywhere from their late 50s, mid 50s through... <laughs> elderly, whatever that means to you, okay? I think it would be fair to say that a number of very stalwart Republicans have died in the last couple of decades. I believe there are probably a lot of stalwart Republicans dropping dead each and every day because they're getting older. I believe we're going to see more and more stalwart Republicans drop dead just of whatever their medical cause or natural conditions or whatever, as we move forward. I think that only makes sense. There, and there's a much larger block of the Republican Party that's older people than older people in the Democratic Party. So, at least by my construct, right there from the issue of deaths, the Republican Party is getting smaller. But of course, that's not the only issue. So let's flip from elderly to the young. I don't think, again, that anybody argues that younger people in America these days are predominantly left of center. We'll phrase it that way. You can characterize it whatever way you want. For today, we're going to call it left of center. They're Democrats. And that number, the young people, is constantly increasing while the elderly is constantly decreasing. If you are a Republican, do you see a problem? I forget which pundit years ago said in a, it's a quote, and I'm paraphrasing, something like, if you weren't a liberal in your youth, you have no heart. And if you were still a liberal as an adult, you have no brain. Okay. And obviously people on the right think that's a great expression. People on the left, not so much. But I think there was, when I was young, I think there was some truth to that. Now, I was never left-leaning, but a lot of my friends were when I was young. And I've noticed over the years, a lot of them have become, I don't want to say they're, you know, hard right-wingers or not, but they've become more conservative. Some of them have even changed their voter registration to Republican. 
but that's my generation. Here in a couple days, I'm going to be 61. That's my generation. And my generation generally held that government was a necessary evil. Wherever we could tell government, get out, this is none of your business, we wanted to say that. Even Democrats, if you go back to the 1970s, even Democrats were saying, yeah, we need the government to step in for certain things, like back in the 60s for the civil rights laws. We needed them to step in. That was the Democratic perspective. But we don't want them to be a part and parcel of our everyday life. We understand that government doesn't, is not, we don't want them integrated in our daily life. Okay, so Democrats and Republicans back when I was young shared that common perspective. I don't believe that's the perspective of young people today. By young people, I mean, say, 17 through 30, okay? which is an ever-growing demographic. I don't believe they feel government is a necessary evil and you want it whenever possible out of your life. I think their construct is completely different than when I was young. I think their construct is, yeah, government, man. That's the shit. Yeah. If you want something done, government. Okay. And things like private industry and earning a living, it's like, well, yeah, we have that too. Huge difference, right? So how many of those will change their views as they get older? Well, I'm going to suggest that at least in my estimation, a lot fewer of them are going to transition from being left-leaning to being center or right than back in my generation. So by my estimates, we've got the elderly stalwart Republicans dying off. We've got an ever-increasing pool of young people who are typically Democrats. And I imagine that much fewer of them will convert to middle-of-the-road or Republican as they get older. If we put this all together, we end up with constantly decreasing number of people who are registered Republicans. But that's math. What about the message, which I think is perhaps the biggest issue in why so few young people as they get older are going to migrate over towards the right is the message. I, I, again, I don't think it's arguable. I've actually had Republicans tell me this, and I probably would have agreed with it when I was a Republican. And that is the Republican is the party of status quo. The Republicans typically don't want anything to change. Okay, so I think that's generally been perceived as the message most people in and out of the Republican Party believe of the Republican Party, that it's the party of the status quo. We're not in an era where people want status quo. I'm a big history buff. So, you know, the progressive movement started in roughly about 1890 in the United States. And I probably would have been a progressive back then because progressive then <laughs> meant something entirely different than progressive means today in 2020. I'll give you an example. For instance, in New York State around the turn of the 20th century, if um, a man, say he was 30 years old and he had a wife and they had a peck of kids and the man died in an industrial accident. So now we had a widow with four or five kids. And of course, she has to care for those four or five young kids so she can't go out and work. Maybe she could be a seamstress, but maybe not, depending on where she lived and what her skill levels were and so forth. So in New York State, what they did was if the woman could not pay the debt that the man was servicing when he was alive, they would come in and take her children away from her and put them in an orphanage so that she could go to work and pay those debts. Okay, so I don't think anybody today thinks that's a nifty idea. What changed that was progressives of that era. That's why I say completely different construct to the term progressive at the turn of the 20th century than we have here today. Nevertheless, there is actually a sentiment that goes with progressive, right? And the sentiment is, we're moving forward, depending on 
who you're talking to, moving forward in a positive direction, moving forward in a negative direction. But progressive, the, the word disassociated from politics, progressive normally means we're moving forward. And my estimate is we live in this fast-paced society now where everybody wants, let's disassociate progressive politics, just the word progress. Everybody's now wanting progress. Everybody's looking for the next big thing. So if you're looking for progress in the next big thing, are you going to find it in a party whose mantra is pretty much, let's maintain the status quo? Remember, I started this by saying how to salvage the Republican Party. So having laid this all out, I want to share at least one thing that I think it would be crucial if the Republican Party wants to not experience the deleterious effects that I believe it will based on all I've shared with you up to this point. So here's the thing. If society wants to progress, they want to move forward, they want the next big thing. And today that also involves government, not just private sector as it did when I was young. I mean, you talked about the next big thing and making progress in the world. That was when I was young, that never meant government. It always meant private sector. I believe today most people believe in those things, but they're looking at government. They're either looking at government exclusively or they're looking at government and the private sector, completely different dynamic than when I was young. In my opinion, what the Republican Party needs is a series of planks in their platform. Uh, there is no platform right now. For instance, here in 2020, the Republican Party did not even put up a platform for this election. It's pretty much whatever Donald Trump says is the platform. But I think it's critical moving forward, whether Trump is gone in November or whether Trump's gone in four years from now, it's critical that the Republican Party Again, looking at that structural construct over the next years or decades, probably decades, needs to have planks. And there's a reason. I'm not just saying because, you know, political planks are good in a, in a platform. No, a specific reason in this instance. And the reason is the Republican Party needs to find issues where they can extol the virtue of making progress. If they're going to see people migrate from left-leaning positions over to center or over to the right, they need to key into the desire that people want progress. They want to move forward. They want the next big thing. And I get that it goes against, it grinds against the Republican ethos to keep government moving forward when in fact we, we, we want to stop it or back it up. Okay, I totally get that that rubs Republicans the wrong way. But I think there are issues. There's enough shit going on in this country, that the Republicans can create, not create, acknowledge issues upon which progress should be made. Okay, so let me be clear. I'm not talking about like what ultra-right-wing conservatives might say, oh, here's something we can progress upon. Let's go out and shoot all those leftist protesters. <laughs> It's got to be appealing to a large swath of the American population, not just feathering your own preference bed, right? Okay, so I believe the Republican Party can, if it cares to, which I don't know that it does, I believe the Republican Party can identify key issues in the U.S. and perhaps foreign affairs upon which progress can and should be made, and the Republicans can own those subjects. They can say, this is our topic. I've got this topic A. This is the Republican topic. And I got topic D. This is the Republican topic. These are separate and distinct from what the Democrats are talking about. And we're going to move forward with these things. We're going to 
improve the country. We're going to make things better. We're going to progress. These are going to be the next big things. Okay? But again, any Republican who wants to tackle this has to make sure that those issues are issues that are appealing to a large swath of the American people. If the Republican Party were to, for instance, take my, my model, my construct, and just adopt traditional old school Republican stuff that basically most of the population isn't interested in anymore, obviously that would fail. So these are my thoughts. If you want, go ahead and put your thoughts in the comment. I think what would be really interesting would be to hear your ideas on what those planks could be that would be appealing to a large percentage of the American population, that the Republican Party could own them, Republican Party could run candidates on those planks, win elections, so we return some balance to the left-right paradigm, which I believe we are in danger of losing.